Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, Episode 83. Presidents and the Currency. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks. But did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. So, like all those people on the on the dollar bill, those are all presidents, right? Um, no. Oh, well, they're at least all like. You know, senators and uh, congressmen, and you know that kind of thing too. Um, not really, Ben. Oh, well, Benjamin Franklin—he's obviously our most famous president. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, you know, he shocked himself with the key on the kite, and also um, started World War One. That's what we know about Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, you know what you sound like, Ben. You sound like one of those dudes who doesn't listen to election college. <laughs> do you know how many people i have heard say and say it legitimately legitimately thinking it about benjamin franklin being a president that's totally i mean it's kind of off base here but uh, it's just scary to me it's crazy hey but you know what i know something about benjamin franklin that has to do with this whole podcast thing we're doing today what's that like in 1739 he's printing stuff in philadelphia and he's making colonial notes, which are the currency at the time. They, they're they really nice looking. They have nature prints. And um, yeah, it's kind of cool. These actually, these nature prints are not pictures of nature. I was kidding. No, you're supposed to laugh. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> there's actually raised patterns that were cast from actual leaves and the, this process, this printing process, actually helped prevent counterfeiting of currency. That was way back in 1739. Go Ben Franklin. He's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Talk about ingenuity. I mean, he basically 
took actual leaves and and used the raised patterns in the press to to embed them into the currency, which is yeah, that's pretty smart, actually. Yeah, I, I think he was like three years old in 1739. <laughs> <laughs> because he's still alive right now, yeah. we all know. I, I uh, saw him one time <laughs> in Philadelphia. That's where he lives. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. So 1739 wasn't the first time paper currency was made in what is now the United States. Uh, Massachusetts Bay Colony actually printed paper notes to fund military expeditions so this paper money stuff it's it's been around for a little while yeah and i mean we go through a lot of different iterations of what paper currency looks like and what it is and what it's called we've got the um, continental congress paper currency that they issued for the revolutionary war we've got the continentals that are the two dollar notes and um, they're pretty much a, a bill of credit the 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 Congress kind of gets out of hand and starts printing off money that isn't backed. That sounds familiar, right? And then you know it loses no. loses value. Uh, <laughs> but um, then we get up to the greenback days. Yeah, so it takes quite a jump. So really, between the 1770s and the early 1860s, you got all kinds of crazy things going on with currency. You've got states. They're printing money. You've got banks. They're doing their thing. And in 1861, Congress is like, hey, Treasury, put some demand notes out there. (laughs) That's how they said it. Put some demand notes out there. And that's where you got the term greenbacks because their back was green. Right. And just a uh, little aside here real quick. A couple of reasons we decided to do this episode was one, because we're going to talk about some presidents during it, which is totally relevant. And two, many of the elections uh, that happened, well, it, no, I shouldn't say many, a few of the elections that happened back in the early days were about, were over matters of the bank and the treasury and gold and silver standards for currency. And like currency totally ties in to elections and presidents. And even if it didn't, we thought it was interesting and topical. So there you go. And that brings me to saying that the first, those first $10 notes, the demand notes, actually have Abe Lincoln on them. Yeah. So Abe Lincoln, nice guy, right? Pretty, as far as I know. He's on there and Congress is doing their thing. They're like, print the money, <laughs> treasury, <laughs> print it, keep on going. And in 1862, Congress authorizes this class of currency, and it's called the United States Notes, or Legal Tender Notes. And they had the red seal and the red serial numbers. And sometimes, now they stopped circulating these in 1971, but I've actually come across a few of those in my life. Have you been? I have not, but I have seen them. Um, I've seen pictures of them. Yeah, I freaked out when I got one. I'm a little jealous. And you know what I did with them? What'd you do? I called the coin shop and said, are these worth anything? And they said, they're worth a dollar. (laughs) Stupid me. Yeah. (laughs) When I was about 10 years old, I had a um, uh, a 50 cent piece that I thought was um, the most valuable thing in the world. And uh, I think about... 10 years ago I actually looked up the value and it was it was not it was worth about 50 cents so I feel your pain 
Nice. Hey, yeah. speaking of which, you know the coins, they're printed by the Mint, right? Yep. And paper currency is printed by the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, and they're part of the Treasury. Okay. So it's kind of different. And the weird thing is, is the coins are not produced in Washington. They're actually produced in Philadelphia and Denver, and then there's also a mint in San Francisco. And then the Bureau of Engraving and Printing for years has been in Washington, D.C., and then recently they opened up, and I say recently, like in the last 20, 30 years, they opened up a branch in Texas. So while we're talking money and the like, there you go. Mm-hmm. So we jump all the way up to oh, 1913, and the Federal Reserve Act of, you guessed it, 1913, uh, comes up with the whole Federal Reserve thing. And they're the, basically the central bank for the country, and they establish the banking system, and um, they start coming out with these Federal Reserve notes. And so they start printing them, and hey, there's Andrew Jackson on the face of them. Yeah, so uh, pardon me, there's a few people who don't like when we do this, but hey, Andy Jack. (laughs) Andy Jack is our good old buddy pal. Yeah, so Andy Jack is on that $10 reserve note, and Federal Reserve, man, they're they're just printing printing like crazy. (laughs) By the time 1928-1929 roll around, they start standardizing the sizes and the designs for each denomination of currency. So way back in the the teens and the early 20s, you had all kinds of crazy denominations and sizes of money being printed. You had a 500,000, 5,000, and a $10,000 bill. So around that time, uh, everything kind of took the shape we know it as today, or at least, you know, very similar to what we know it as today, being the size and kind of the way it looks and everything. And then in 1957, uh, all the notes that were made during those years and following have In God We Trust printed on them. And that was a 1955 law, which has caused a lot of consternation and uh, distress. And obviously, you know, people on both sides of the aisle. Uh, But that is when the phrase in God we trust was put on currency, not from its inception. Yeah, and by the time 1969 rolls around, people are like, you know what's really inconvenient? This dang $10,000 bill that's been sitting in my wallet. Nobody will break it for me. (laughs) Yeah, I feel your pain. I mean, I really know how that is. Yeah, so the Fed is like, eh, let's just not continue the practice of using this currency. So they took those bills out of circulation. They actually hadn't been printed since 1945, but as you can imagine, people probably took pretty good care of those bills. I would Um, imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in 1976, it's TJ's 233rd birthday, and the Fed says, hey, $2 bill, come back. And they slap the signing of the Declaration of Independence on the back, and you got the $2 bill, which, have you come across very many $2 bills, Ben? 
Yeah, I was going to say, and then you come across the $2 bill, which thousands of five-year-olds have stashed away for eternity (laughs) (laughs) and never brought them back out of the light. I think I still have one from Grandpa Smith, actually. I do. I do, too. Yep, I do, too. Oh, our $2 bill should have a reunion someday. Oh, I'd have to find mine. You need to look for that, Ben. I know. I know. Hey, so 1990, they start really cracking down on the whole counterfeiting thing, even more than good old Benjamin Franklin did. They put some uh, security threads and do some microprinting stuff, and uh, they first start appearing in the $100 bills, or notes, I guess is the technical term for them. And pretty much a couple years later, everything that isn't a $1 or $2 bill has them on them, because it's important to not have your money ripped off. It, that's a very good point. And you know, the dollar bill, it's like an act of Congress. We can't change it. It's, I didn't know that. That's what it is. Huh. Dollar bill. Don't change it. Crazy. So if you're going to counterfeit money, I, I no, I don't endorse that. I don't think I would give advice to counterfeiters on this podcast, Jason. Well, here's an idea. You take that $10,000 bill and you there's a washing process you can take it through. Uh-huh. And then you can stamp the dollar stuff on it. There you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the uh in 1996, um the new $100 bills uh are out there. The $50 bill is redesigned. It goes out in 97. Andy Jack gets a a revamp in 1998. And then the ten and five dollar notes are revived in two thousand. Hey Jason, you want to hear something uh, really crazy about the twenty dollar bill and Andy Jack? You, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. He didn't really want to be on it. Well, not only did he not want to be on it, he didn't want it to exist in the first place. What? Uh, he, he gave a farewell address to the nation at the end of his uh, at the end of his terms, and said, "Hey." Paper money is bad. <laughs> the, the Federal Reserve is bad. Yeah. It was actually Andy Jack that was like, hey, Second Bank of the United States, I will not renew your charter. Ooh. That's harsh. Andy Jack. He's on the $20 bill. Well, maybe we should get into this now. He is on the $20 bill on the front until 2020 when he will be on the back of the bill. And be replaced on the front by Harriet Tubman. Yeah. So Ben, I didn't realize that this was going to be so controversial. But yeah, I didn't either. I left a post on our Facebook page the other day, and I was thinking, you know, farewell, Andy Jack. Um, we'll see you later. And um, there's people who don't like that, and I I didn't realize. Not to be political or anything. I didn't realize that there was such an issue of taking Andy Jack off of the money because originally they were talking about revamping the $10 bill and putting a woman on the $10 note replacing Alexander Hamilton, you know, the Wizard of Oz. Right, the Wizard of Oz. He was never president either. Mm, Nope. And what I mean by either is like we're talking about Ben Franklin. Right, yeah. I knew what you meant. Not Andy Jack. He was. <laughs> uh, by the way, 
I'm just going to throw this in here real quick. Um, somebody recently told us on Twitter that we should do a review of the Hamilton play, the musical, um, which is written and starred in by Lynn manuel Miranda. And uh, it's sold out for like all of eternity. But uh, just on the off chance, somebody can get us tickets. We'd love to do a review of it. Um, anyway, continue. Yeah. So, and hey, we'd love to go to New York. That's true. So anyway, yeah, Andy Jack, he didn't want to be on the money anyway. (laughs) (laughs) He really didn't stand much for it. So um, the treasury was like, he he wants to leave. Yeah. Let's let him go. And I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, there's no real rhyme or reason to or or qualifications per se that are written in stone on who has to be on the currency uh so it's pretty much just people who have had a significant impact on american culture and why not put a uh, black woman who had a huge impact on america on the bill i mean i don't have a problem i don't care it's gonna spend the same it doesn't bother me yeah i agree and you know other countries are always revising who they put on the banknotes. Right. Know, I know the United Kingdom, they'll replace people at the drop of the hat. And um, and I guess, Ben, are we taking a stand on this one? Well, I think my stand is I don't care. So, no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I view it as you're honoring people. Exactly. Who have had an impact on our nation. And um, the candidates for the the woman to be on the currency were Harriet Tubman, Eleanor Roosevelt, Rosa Parks, um, Wilma Mankiller, um, who was the first chief of the Cherokee Nation. It's not like she was really killing men. <laughs> but they, um, you know, they had these women who were very influential in American history. Yeah, and uh, for all of you who are uh, concerned that Andrew Jackson's legacy might be disappearing, that's not the case. He's still going to be on the back, which are the, I don't think there are any other notes with an individual on the back. I think they're all images of things or animals. Yeah, there's that creepy eye right. on the dollar bill. Well, we can't like, talk about that. No, because no. Illuminati will come. No, don't. You can't even say it. Don't even, don't oh, even say it. I said it again. Okay, yeah. Um, Nicholas Cage. Now I lost my train of thought, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so um, have you ever noticed on the back of the $10 bill in front of, is it the Treasury building that's on the back of the $10 bill? Um, I think it is. Anyway, there's I'm, a car. I'm going to say yes. There's a car on the back of that money, on the back of that. There's a car on the back of that bill. Yeah. Now we have a guy, or we will have a guy, Andrew Jackson, who doesn't even want to be on money, but we're keeping him on there anyway. So, hey, uh, Harriet Tubman on the front, Andrew Jackson on the back, and a bunch of other old white guys on all the other bills. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Ben, do you carry around much money anymore? I don't carry much cash. I mostly use a card. A lot of people say, oh, don't use cards. You'll spend more money. But I find that when I have cash on me, uh, I spend it faster, probably because of my age and relevance in life, but whatever. Yeah. And 
you know, I do kind of feel bad every now and then for not carrying around money because I'll invariably forget that some places only take cash and, you know, I'm all about supporting small business and everything and you don't have all the credit card fees, but practically speaking, I don't really use cash all that often. Yeah. And all you small business owners out there, I'm also a small business owner. Uh, and the fees aren't as bad as you think if you're holding out. So you can talk to me if you want, but you should look into it. It's worth yeah, it. I agree. So that's currency. That went really off the rails there at the end, didn't it? <laughs> a little, but you know. <laughs> it works. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we really would love if you would support us. In a couple different ways. One of those ways is by telling your friends about the show. If they want to hear all about all the elections that ever happened for the presidency in the United States, they don't even have to stop and wait. They can just listen to all the episodes so far. And don't forget there are other people that you have never heard of who are kind of like you. And the way we get this podcast in front of more people is for you to leave a rating and review in iTunes. So take the 30 seconds, hop over. Give us a star rating, and we'd love to hear your remarks about Election College. Lastly, if you have the opportunity to shop on Amazon.com and you would like to support Election College while you're doing so, you won't even have to spend an extra dime. Uh, I should have said something about a a paper currency, but I wanted to get the point across. Uh, You won't have to spend (laughs) any extra money, uh, and you'll shop on the same Amazon you know and love if you just go to electioncollege.com slash Amazon. You'll help us out. We'll get a little kickback. And uh, we should talk about kickbacks in politics someday, Jason. And it'll really, we'll really appreciate it. Yeah. So a kickback here is not like a kickback there. Right. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.